Last year, as companies started racing to produce vaccines, there were high hopes for one vaccine in particular, AstraZeneca's. It was supposed to be cheaper, easier to make and distribute, and much of the world was counting on it. But the vaccine's rollout has been riddled with problems. AstraZeneca has made mistakes during its trials, struggled to manufacture enough doses, and faced concerns about possible side effects. But on Monday, the company thought it finally had some good news. Results from its big U.S. clinical trial were positive. The company found its vaccine to be 79% effective and prevented the worst effects of COVID. It's like, this is what we want, right? You want a vaccine that prevents people from getting really sick or flooding the hospitals or dying. But within hours, that good news turned bad. After reviewing data from AstraZeneca's trial, U.S. health officials questioned the company's numbers. Breaking overnight, federal health officials are casting doubt on the results of a new AstraZeneca study. Results from the AstraZeneca vaccine trial may have relied on outdated information and may provide an incomplete view of the efficacy data. There have definitely been some speed bumps for this vaccine. Late last night, the company released revised data, but our colleague Jenny Strasberg says the damage was already done. It hurt the credibility of the shot. And this has been a theme around this vaccine. With the world watching, how transparent is AstraZeneca being? Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, March 25th. Coming up on the show, how AstraZeneca's stumbles have hurt the credibility of one of the world's most promising vaccines. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever. And you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. The story of AstraZeneca's vaccine actually starts at the University of Oxford. Early in the pandemic, scientists at the British University had developed a very promising vaccine candidate. It was considered a front-runner in the world's vaccines last spring. So it did hold a lot of hope. It wasn't like a complete long shot. I mean, everything was kind of a long shot, but it was a promising long shot. Oxford really wanted to put something widely out to the world. They wanted a shot that the whole world could use, that wouldn't get grabbed by wealthy countries. What the scientists at Oxford didn't have was a way to manufacture it. And that's where AstraZeneca came in. The company didn't have much experience in vaccines, but when they saw what Oxford had created, AstraZeneca said they could produce it. AstraZeneca was supposed to be the big pharma muscle, you know, with the expertise to deliver this vaccine to the world. So, you know, the idea was, okay, you'd take the invention out of Oxford. AstraZeneca would get 
an exclusive license to partner with Oxford. And the hope was that they could make billions of doses. So we ended up with this quite unlikely partnership of Oxford and AstraZeneca. And there was a key feature of this partnership. They agreed not to make a profit during the pandemic. Oxford, they use a lot of public funding for their vaccine research. Government funding, charitable funding from places like the Gates Foundation. And they really believed that they needed to strike a balance between like the way a big pharmaceutical company sees putting out a vaccine and the way a university with a lot of public money sees putting out a vaccine. But given the fact that AstraZeneca didn't have much experience making vaccines, were there concerns about whether or not they could pull it off? Yeah, so in the beginning, you know, there were a lot of kind of questions about Well, AstraZeneca, you know, unlikely entrant to the vaccine race. They don't have a track record with vaccines. Vaccines are a different animal. And the executives of AstraZeneca were pretty defensive about that. You know, they said publicly and privately, they said, look, we don't have to be a big vaccine maker to find the right people to manufacture a vaccine. We've got it. We'll take care of it. Don't worry. We know what we're doing. Governments around the world rushed to pre-order the low-cost vaccine. The European Union alone asked for up to 400 million doses. Then the hard work began, and so did the problems. AstraZeneca had some big clinical trials underway to get the vaccine approved. Last summer, they'd been enrolling volunteers in the UK, Brazil, and South Africa. But in the UK, they ran into a problem. COVID cases were on a steep decline. The lack of cases meant that the trials needed to go where the infections were because you have to have infections to have a, a successful trial. So that complicated the trials because then you had multiple countries, you had different dosing schedules, different dosing sizes, everywhere from like three weeks to 12 weeks between doses. So when the results came out in November last year, they were confusing. The vaccine seemed to be more effective with some groups of participants than others. AstraZeneca gave a wide range of efficacy, 62% to 90%. Amid the confusing results was another unusual thing AstraZeneca said it did. It said a small number of the trial participants only received half of the first dose. The company made it sound like this was an intentional part of their trial. But what neither AstraZeneca nor Oxford said that day in their press release or in their press conference right away was that the half dose had been a mistake. There had been this error in dosing. How did the public react to this news that trial participants had been given half a dose? I would say that it caused a lot of raised eyebrows. Like, how could such a mistake happen that eroded confidence? Unfortunately, it kind of created this sense of skepticism about, are they telling us everything? AstraZeneca defended its results and told Jenny that the half-dose error was irrelevant because the vaccine was effective regardless. Despite the hiccups, in December, UK regulators determined that the shot was safe and effective and approved it for emergency use. So right at the end of December, the UK approves it. It's the first country in the world to approve the vaccine. It meant that the UK entered 
2021, essentially with millions of doses for people. We already had the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, but this brought a second vaccine to the market with the promise of more doses more quickly. And then at the end of January, Europe also authorized the vaccine. But approval led to the next big problem, ramping up production. The plant that was supposed to produce hundreds of millions of doses of the vaccine for the European Union couldn't churn out as many doses as it was supposed to. Europe has been, I think, what can fairly be called a disaster in terms of the manufacturing. The bloc agreeing to buy 400 million doses of its vaccine last year, only to be told that supplies would be reduced by 60% in the first quarter of this year. AstraZeneca has blamed the cut on production problems at a plant in Belgium. But the EU health commissioner has called the drug maker's justifications unsatisfactory. This has infuriated Brussels, and it threatens its plan to inoculate 70% of adults by the end of August. And then... The second quarter, you know, through June, again, AstraZeneca cut the amount that it pledged by 100 million doses. You know, 100 million doses is 50 million people vaccinated. It's just a lot of people not getting shots. It's turned into a political nightmare for AstraZeneca across Europe. AstraZeneca says it's doing its best to fulfill the orders as soon as possible. And despite the delays, the company has managed to deliver millions of doses. But then, earlier this month, a new issue cropped up. A very small number of people who had received the vaccine developed a rare but serious blood clotting issue. A couple of weeks ago, you know, there was a batch of vaccine that was halted for use in Austria. Questions were raised about a small number, a very small number of people developing what are known as thromboembolic events, thrombosis. It's serious blood clotting that can be deadly or extremely serious. This news was alarming. So a number of European countries hit the brakes on the AstraZeneca vaccine in case it had caused the clotting. There were a handful of countries, Denmark, Norway, Iceland, that stopped using the vaccine altogether because of some cases in Denmark, including a death. And then Ireland stops using the vaccine. Then it really gets bad. Germany stops using the vaccine. Like not just a batch, but they just say, for right now, we're not gonna use the AstraZeneca vaccine. We wanna look into these blood clotting issues. A group of European nations, including Germany, France, Italy, and Spain, stopped using the shots. Bulgaria, Romania, and Thailand joined in suspending inoculations with this particular vaccine. It starts becoming a dozen plus countries not using the vaccine. It hung over Europe like a dark cloud for the better part of two weeks. What was going to happen? It cast a lot of uncertainty over the vaccine. AstraZeneca comes out and says, there's no evidence that the vaccine causes any frequency of blood clotting greater than what normally happens in the population. In our own analysis, this did not come up in clinical trials. And some major health authorities back them up. The European Medicines Regulator, the UK Medicines Regulator, the World Health Organization is saying, look, everybody, we take these cases seriously, but there is no evidence of a link to the vaccine. 
the European regulator did say, look, we cannot rule out a connection, but we don't see evidence of a connection and we think you should re-adopt use of the vaccine. Vaccinations eventually resumed in many countries, but Jenny says that still the whole blood clotting scare could have a lasting impact. You know, this is kind of the thing we all knew would happen with a mass rollout of shots is there would be questions about what happens normally in the world versus what is linked to someone getting a vaccine. But still, if you were on the fence about it, it might have made you think twice. After so many things had gone wrong, from manufacturing stumbles to the blood clot scare, AstraZeneca was under pressure to boost confidence in its vaccine. And this week, it seemed poised to do that. That's after the break. This past Monday, AstraZeneca had some good news to share when it released results from its U.S. clinical trial. They put out a press release that says the vaccine was 79% effective. So this was a very positive result. It prevented serious illness. Nobody who had the vaccine in the U.S. trial died or went to the hospital because of COVID-19. And AstraZeneca said, Basically, this should put to rest the skepticism of this vaccine. We plan to seek emergency use authorization from the Food and Drug Administration within a couple of weeks. By mid-April, we're going to ask if we can use this shot in the United States. So it looked like a really strong vote of confidence and a stamp of approval. Monday seemed like a really good day. But then, just a few hours later, that 79% figure was called into question. An independent panel of experts that had analyzed AstraZeneca's trial data questioned whether the company used outdated numbers and whether the vaccine's efficacy was really as high as 79%. It casts doubts over the promising numbers of the release that day. They didn't raise questions about the safety. It was about the efficacy. Is this kind of response from regulators common for new vaccines? It's very rare for a drug maker to come out with results like this. And then for government-sanctioned safety watchdogs of the system to say, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. We've got some questions about this. And to do it publicly, it just doesn't happen. So it is really a stunning turn of events. And it suggests that there is some mistrust and skepticism baked in to the view of the vaccine and to AstraZeneca in the U.S. So it was bad. It was like Monday was good, Tuesday was bad. What has AstraZeneca said about what happened here? What we know AstraZeneca's view is that, look, we were under a lot of pressure to get some preliminary numbers out there. They said when they came out with their release on Monday, they said, we're working on more data and we will have more information and we will publish them and they will be peer-reviewed and all of this will go to the FDA and nothing will be hidden. 
Yesterday, AstraZeneca said it had analyzed more cases from its vaccine trial and updated its data. They now say that the shot is 76% effective rather than 79 Still, health experts say that in the fight to end COVID, the difference between a few percentage points isn't all that much. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, Dr. Anthony Fauci said that, quote, that's the ironic part about it. At the end of the day, it's still a good vaccine. And most of the world agrees. More than 70 countries say the shot is safe and effective. It is out in the world. It is counted on by more developing countries, you know, less wealthy nations who are desperate for shots. It is a very important vaccine for the world because there there just aren't enough, right, to vaccinate the world. There's a lot riding on this vaccine being embraced. If this vaccine is ultimately effective, then why does it matter that AstraZeneca had all these missteps? When you have front-page headlines and nonstop television news talking about your vaccine possibly being misrepresented and that you have possibly misrepresented the data in a trial that you ran, it cannot help your vaccine's credibility under any circumstances. And, you know, when you're fighting hesitancy for people to take shots, the number of people who don't want to take a vaccine, what you don't want to do is raise questions about the integrity of getting the vaccine out into the world. You want people to trust in the system. That's all for today, Thursday, March 25th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Thomas Burton and Joseph Walker. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.